Hi, I'm Dan Mitchell Suchu. Welcome to Software Project Management Course Notes, a podcast created based on agile software development online classes I delivered to Software Engineering Master Program at the Faculty of Mathematics and Computer Science from Babish University. Let's continue with, uh, with the complex situations. Now, uh, as I said, uh, here there are a lot of uh, things we don't know, a lot of unknowns. And uh, as I said, uh, when I talked about uh, complex systems, here the relationship between cause and effect appears in hindsight, when we go backwards from the effect to the cause. It doesn't mean that the, the objective is not clear, but there are a lot of details about how to achieve that objective, which are not there, which are not clear. We don't know uh, or we don't have any any clue. There is a big fog there. Now, it is not something we can predict uh, in, in, in such a situation. And it is not a good idea uh, to try and have best practices to, to solve a given uh, complex uh, problem. Also, the experts are not useful. Uh, because there are so many things we don't know that we don't have an expert uh, uh, that met uh, such a, such a situation. So we cannot do that analysis phase we had when we talked about complicated problems because there is a lot of data which are missing uh, uh, and we cannot analyze. So it's like uh, learning riding a bike learning to ride a bike is not a complicated problem it is a complex problem if it was a complicated problem we had a, a manual a book uh, called how to ride a bike something like this we just have to uh, had to read it uh, to, to to learn it by heart and at the end, after we finish that manual or that book, we can say, now I know how to ride a bike. I'm just going there, uh, uh, go on the, on the bike, and I, I'm able to, able to, to ride it. But it's not the case, isn't it? We cannot do it in this way. It is actually a complex, uh, a complex problem. We have to try to, to ride the bike. Maybe we will fall. Uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, uh, we uh, cannot go more than one meter or two meters and we will lose our equilibrium and, and, and so on. Uh, but each of these experiences give us some data uh, and we will learn uh, from these experiences so that next time uh, we can go more meters. Uh, we are more able to uh, look uh, further and uh, maintain the equilibrium to to synchronize the the feet and uh, and so on. Uh, but this happens in time, and uh, some of us 
uh, will learn to ride the bike faster. Uh, others will learn to ride the bike uh, uh, in uh, in more time. We will succeed eventually to, to ride that bike. But this learning process is different uh, from one person to, to another because it is actually a learning process. We don't know a lot of things from the, from the beginning and we will learn about them during this process. Uh, and again, there is a very important uh, difference here between uh, explicit knowledge and implicit knowledge. Uh, knowing to ride a bike is an implicit knowledge. What does it mean? Uh, and let me start with the explicit knowledge. Explicit knowledge is that knowledge, those things we know, and we are able to explain others what we know. We are able uh, using some uh, uh, logic, uh, using some uh, uh, logical arguments to transfer our knowledge to other people. This is the explicit knowledge. Implicit knowledge is knowing something you are not able to explain. And for instance, riding a bike is something we could know, but we are not able to explain what actually we do when we ride that bike. It is very difficult to explain uh, the other ones what we do. What exactly we do that we are able to remain on that bike in equilibrium and just uh, go uh, go forward. It is very, very complex, but we know that thing. We know that we know to ride the bike, but it's very difficult to, to explain. Uh, another uh, complex uh, example, uh, another complex problem is, I don't know, brain surgery or heart surgery. Uh, when such a doctor uh, 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 goes to, to enter uh, to, to do such a surgery, such an operation, if you stop the doctor and uh, ask him, uh, hey, uh, how much it will take uh, to, to, to finish the operation? Uh, maybe we'll receive an answer like, uh, uh, it will take between two hours uh, and 12 hours. Uh, at that moment, uh, we are pretty scared because we will ask ourselves, he knows what he does, <laughs> he knows what he is doing, because uh, is he a specialist? Uh, he did uh, the same thing again in the past or, or not? Does he have uh, experience in doing this uh, surgery? And the answer is yes, he's a specialist in this kind of uh, surgery. But anyway, there are still a lot of things he doesn't know about the patient who waits him uh, on that uh, operation room, on that surgery room. Uh, he has a lot of, I don't know, uh, 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 results, uh, analysis, blood analysis, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, scans and so on. Uh, but uh, there are still a lot of things uh, that doctor will discover during the operation. And he has to react based on those uh, things. He cannot anticipate them. It is complex. Uh, the only thing he can tell me is that it will not take less than two hours and certainly it cannot take more than 12 hours. But at that moment, he doesn't know exactly how much it will take. He will try uh, a lot of standard things, but based on the reactions of the patient, he has to do uh, different things. He has to react in, the, in a different way. And again, I have to say this, uh, this again, he cannot anticipate from the beginning that this will happen. 
So usually when we uh, solve a complex problem, we go through these three steps. We probe, we do an experiment, we observe the result of that experiment, we try to understand why we obtained that result, and after that we go back and, read, uh, and we have to uh, do again uh, the experiment with different parameters, we do some small changes and repeat that experiment. Again, we have to examine, to, to, uh, to inspect the, the result of that experiment, and we do again and again and again, and uh, suddenly uh, the things start to become more clear, and uh, we uh, see a possible solution to our problem, we start to discover the solution. We didn't anticipate that solution from the beginning, but that solution emerged during this uh, process, during these uh, uh, repeatable uh, uh, cycles. So it's a, a trial and error uh, process. We try something, we fail, uh, we ask ourselves what we learned from this failure, and we try again in a different way, and again, and again, and again, and we will stop when we'll have a good enough solution to our, uh, to our problem. This is, uh, this is the way to approach complex, uh, complex problems. So, uh, as I said here, we don't have best practices, we don't have good practices, uh, because we don't have this luxury, we don't have those experts to give us from the very beginning the scenario uh, we have to follow in order to solve our problem we have uh, emergent practices. And these emergent practices allow us to discover the solution during the, during the process. So uh, uh, usually the, the approach here is uh, also called fail fast, fail often. We have a lot of failures and uh, this is the reason why we need uh, a, a safe to fail environment. Uh, for solving complex problems, because we will fail a lot, and uh, we will learn from our uh, our failures. Now, uh, uh, most of uh, agile methodologies, most of agile practices are actually emergent practices. They uh, propose to solve a problem or to uh, I don't know uh, run a project through some development cycles. Each development cycle has a certain duration and at the end of that cycle we obtain something based on what we, uh, we will get some feedback from the uh, customer, from our client, from the project sponsor or from the final user. After we get that feedback we know what exactly we have to fix, what exactly we have to change to, to obtain a better result. And again, and again, and again. We go again and again through these cycles uh, till our client will tell us that's good enough. You've already developed something which uh, helps me to achieve my objectives, to, which helps me to achieve, to achieve my business objective, uh, which uh, brings value to my, uh, to my business. Let's continue with another problem and uh, solve it in the same way, because again, that problem is a complex problem and, uh, and so on. So uh, it is not a good idea to have a waterfall uh, uh, way of working uh, implemented here. 
because in waterfall uh, we used to uh, develop a very detailed plan from the very beginning of the project but when we have a complex project we are not able to do such a detailed planning because again we don't know a lot of things we'll discover those things during the project and uh, usually uh, software development projects are here most of software development projects are complex projects there are a lot of other projects which belong to to the same category but the best uh, example of a complex project is a software development project why because there are so many variables uh, there are so many things we don't know usually a client of a software uh, or a sponsor for a software development project doesn't know what he wants uh, maybe this sounds too strong but this is the truth it doesn't mean that he doesn't know the main objective or the main objective of the project is not clear it is clear but there are a lot of details that customer or that client doesn't know so the uh, the, the specifications of such a project are not complete uh, at the beginning of the project uh, those specifications will be changed very frequently during the development of the of the project a, a lot of things uh, a lot of new specifications a lot of new requirements will appear during the, the project and uh, most of these requirements are called emergent requirements what what is a, an emergent requirement is something you discover that you need after using the product so it's something that you are not able you identify that you need before testing before using that that product only after you have uh, i don't know a prototype or an intermediate version of that product you start to use it and you say well well uh, this is better to be a little bit uh, i don't know in a, to 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 do or to do this in another way this we can change this and this uh, but you realize and you are able to identify these things only at that moment you are not able to anticipate that you will have that need and this is an emergent uh, requirement uh, or an, an emergent uh, uh, specification uh, now in chaotic problems there is no connection there is no relationship between cause and effect the, the only wrong decision here is indecision to to not do anything uh, we don't have time to look at the script we don't have time to do an experiment and we have to act so uh, the the approach is based on these three steps and the first step is act we have to act immediately in order to stabilize the problem let me give you uh, some examples here too uh, for instance, let's suppose that uh, we stay in, in I don't know, uh, in our bedroom, uh, reading a book, and suddenly there is a fire, a huge fire in the kitchen. So it's not a good idea to call an expert. It's not a good idea to do some experiments. Uh, the, the most clever thing to do is to go out, to be somewhere where it's safe. Uh, where it's safe to be uh, you have to act immediately and only after that of course you can ask yourself why 
that happened or you can ask yourself how can i extinguish that uh, that fire but first of all we have to uh, we have to act uh, another example uh, we as a team developed a software for a bank we installed the, the application at the bank uh, server uh, and after a couple of days somebody calls me uh, from the bank told, uh, telling me that well I don't know what happens but it but it seems that after every 15 minutes we lose 2000 euros from our accounts or from our customers accounts uh, it's not a good idea to wait for another 15 minutes to see what happens uh, you have to react immediately I don't know to 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 stop the server to disinstall the application and after that in a safe to fail environment to do some tests and to understand uh, where is the where is the problem but the first thing is to to react to 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 act actually so here we have novel practices usually here we do uh, uh, things we don't usually uh, we don't do in a normal situation uh, and here are a lot of exceptions we uh we do when we are in 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 such a phase in, in, in such a such a situation now uh looking again uh on all these uh, uh four categories obvious complicated complex chaotic problems we have to ask ourselves uh to which category our project belongs where is our project is it an obvious uh a project uh, that means that uh, most of the tasks we have to execute on our project are obvious. If most of the tasks on our project are complicated, we can say that our project is complicated, even if it has some, uh, a couple of complex tasks, let's say. But if most of the tasks uh, of, of that uh, project are complex, uh, we can say that it is a, a complex project. Uh, and we have to deal with that project in a different way. We have to approach that project in a different way. We have to use a different methodology in this uh, in this case. Most of the time, we don't deal with obvious or chaotic projects. So most of the time, we deal with complicated or complex projects. And as I said, for complicated projects, the the best way to approach them is to use a traditional project management uh, methodology like waterfall like v model like spiral model and and so on like prince 2 uh, there are a lot of uh, such uh, predictive uh, uh, project management methodologies for complex projects we have uh, agile methodologies we have scrum or uh, lean product uh, or lean uh, project management or uh, extreme programming or other uh, different practices which almost all of them use development cycles and uh, they interact very often with the final customer uh, because they need feedback at, at the end of each development cycle they need a feedback from the customer to assure them that uh, they are closer to the solution or they have to do many other things in order to uh, solve uh, solve that problem. Thanks for listening to Software Project Management Course Notes. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or a review.